Hey all you beautiful positive sparks out there. Before we get going on the next episode, I want to share with you guys an opportunity that I am so fired up and pumped to be delivering to you guys. It is called Becoming Self-Full to Self-Flowing. It is an 8-week mastermind course that is going to help you fill your cup of life and help you overflow into your world everything that is in it this is an intensive eight weeks that is going to help you connect with me personally but it's also filled with content that you are going to be able to utilize and implement into your own life while working with me but we're also going to be a part of an incredible community of other like-minded individuals the first eight weeks starts september 6 2020 and i hope to see you guys in the first eight weeks go check it out by emailing me at axford-c at hotmail.ca that is axford-c at hotmail.ca to get more information or if you pop on to any of my socials uh, instagram is at sparkplug wellness and facebook is candace axford there's a link there to get in and register i am so fired up this is going to be incredible and i hope to see you guys there Let's get to the episode. It's Positive Spark Plug time, and I'm your host, Candice, and I am fired up for you today, for I have a very special guest, Peter Twist is in the house, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear his journey on creating twist performance, surviving and thriving through cancer, and what he's doing now to keep himself creating major impact in this world and in life. I am so fired up. I just can't wait. Let's get to it. Hello, Peter. How are you? Candice, I'm doing great. Thank you. Good to see you on here. Good to see you. I'm so excited to have you on my podcast. Thank you so very much for taking the time and energy to uh, join me and share your story. It is one that is truly inspiring and and really powerful. And I just can't wait for my listeners to to hear all that you have to share. Oh, you're most welcome. Uh, always my honor. And uh, hello to everyone out there. Great to connect with your listeners as well. So my first question for you, um, I'm just going to have a little fun. It is, um, what are your three favorite emojis or what emojis best describe you and why? Um, well, the tornado <laughs> is a good one which I don't know if other people use that or not. And I love the tornado because, you know, I coach movement and teach movement skills and believe in an active, healthy, positive lifestyle. Um, so, and, and we, all movement is uh, rotation. Even walking is uh, rotary uh, through yeah. our actions with opposite arm, leg and our torso and so on. So it's uh, symbolic of movement. 
but a tornado, as I know it, is powerful uh, on the outside. It's pretty relentless. It keeps going, has lots of energy, but very peaceful uh, on the inside. And so I like that symbol. So tornadoes number one. Um, nice. And I either like thumbs up or two hands up for like, let's, you know, that's great. Let's go. Yeah. Let's elevate. So that's out there a lot, giving people recognition of uh, how I see what they've done. And uh, there's a couple of peace symbols on there, which we cannot have enough of today uh, for ourselves, for the world and so on. So those would be my three. Great question. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. The, that You were the first to say the tornado. And I loved your definition of it, like the, the strong on the outside, but really peaceful on the inside. That is mm -hmm. awesome. I love that. Um, can you give a little bit of a description of who you are for my listeners? Of who I am? And is that yeah. Well, I, I, I'm a coach, trainer, sports scientist, uh, academic, but I'm a, I'm a human, one out of 7.7 .7 billion. I'm a person who uh, understands that all other 8 billion people know something that I do not can teach me something, they know how to do something I do not. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm a type of, I'm a person who shows up uh, respecting and appreciating all people. Uh, I spend outside of the COVID chapter, I spend 50% of my time internationally traveling. The road is my second home. And I'm very, uh, you know, very Canadian, I guess, in that way. <laughs> as we are a little bit more uh, than our, our friends south of the border on average, um, to to be able to collaborate and be open. I love learning. Learning. I'm a lifelong learner, and I like learning from uh, other industries, other cultures, other races, other countries, and, and, uh, and so on. And so definitely a lifelong learner. Um, and I'm a, who am I? I'm that's to be discovered. I'm just getting warmed up and getting started. So we'll see in 10 or 20 years how, how where that answer lies. <laughs> oh, I like that. I like that. So I want to get a little bit um, into your business. What was it that sparked you um, to create Twist Performance and Wellness? Well, there's, a, there's always some type of entrepreneur spirit in anyone who starts something up like you. I, I'm about your 60th or so uh, podcast. And so there's something inside you that's inside of me that, you know, um, compelled you to create what you're doing right now from scratch, just from an idea, and you put it together, and here we are. And people yeah. are learning and benefiting from that. Um, and so it's interesting. I, I come, I come from a very, uh, a rich family. Uh, we didn't have very much money, but we were rich in all other ways, which I feel is a, a great advantage that I'm very grateful for. Yes. And, uh, you know, so I, I think from that, I learned, uh, I learned, you know, how to work hard and needed to work hard because I, I come from a, uh, you know, from a family of, uh, you know, little money, um, but rich, rich in all other ways, you know, so they taught me how to show up and how to treat people and how to look at the world and uh, things like that. Um, so I think my, I come from a, like a, 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 a sport background. I played pretty much every North American sport possible. And those, okay. 
pretty easy. So that was fun. And uh, my father was a coach. Uh, I, I'm really, I'm really a little bit of a, a, a product of my parents. They were, you know, I've done things globally. They just did similar things in their own community, in their own hometown, um, contributing to the community in different ways, uh, socially, charitably. Um, and then my father was a coach of many sports and, and coached me and so on. I'm a bit of an extension from that. Um, I don't know why, Candace. I, I come from zero business background, like zero business background. I had to learn as I go. Um, but I had a spark to do my own thing. Um, you know, I was really passionate about being a physical education teacher. And then I went to a coaches college in the United States and a sport coaches. Um, and, uh, I ended up coming out to the University of British Columbia on the West Coast from the Toronto area and to study, uh, coaching science. And I had a goal then of becoming a head coach of a university ice hockey team. Wanted to be a professor lecturing on campus and coaching, uh, in varsity sport. Then I went to another conference in the U.S. and, uh, there was, uh, the head coach of track got up. And all the other coaches at a coaching conference got up and they were talking about X's and O's, team systems. Yeah. How do you prepare, the, you know, your players on the field or the court or the ice to collaborate together? And what's the strategy against the other team? It's X's and O's, the whole conference. And the track coach got up and started talking about uh, speed and strength and how you develop that in the weight room. Uh, the rowing coach did the same thing, talked about developing power in the weight room. You think of a head track coach, you know, there's more, there's a lot to it. And to be the best, there's a lot to it. But really, a 100-meter sprint, you're starting on a line, you're running in a straight line for 100 meters, and you're done. And there's, yep. and there's, there's no variable. It never changes except maybe the wind and the temperature. <laughs> You know, but no, no one's coming out of the blue and body checking you or tackling no. you and passing <laughs> you a ball or a puck and there's nobody to interact with. So no. very, very simple and fewer things to, um, manage, fewer things to develop. And you're really, the athletes are reliant on themselves, but the, the coaches of individual sports were the first personal trainers. And then someone else got up from a USA football team, and it was the strength and conditioning coach. And I was like, okay. what is this position? Um, they don't have those in Canada, and they don't have them within ice hockey. And <laughs> no. that, that shifted me, my orientation. You see, I was interested in physical education teacher, professor at university, coaching sports, and yes. morphing the two together. There's the strength and conditioning coach position. That was the path I went on. Um, but all the way along the way, I, I still had that spark not to follow some kind of prescription like a, like in school, you know, you get a curriculum you've got to stick to and teach. Um, yep. I thought it'd be fun to, to create things and try and, uh, try and move things forward. So that's, that's where the, uh, impetus to Twitch came. That's amazing. I want to touch base on, on coaching. What, is a coach to you what just like describe what a coach is to you and what is good coaching uh, a, a, a coach to me is um like you know a doctor uh, i think the latin derivative of doctor is teacher 
And how, how many times have you sat in a Western doctor's office for an hour while they carefully teach you how to take care of your health? You know, it yes. doesn't happen. And that's not the doc. The doctors are awesome, but our system only gives them 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah. Um, and pharmacology rules. So, um, coach, the same thing. You know, coach is a teacher, a teacher and a motivator and a good coach develops the whole person. And, you know, it's, it's a fine line between a coach trains people. Um, not all trainers coach and, you know, coach is 360 degree development. And it's really teaching the skillfulness of our human vehicle, whether you're in sports or just in life. You know, our bodies are human vehicle. We live inside of this and it carries yeah. this our world, expands or shrinks based on its ability that, you know, our life experiences. So that affects our positive or negative energy. Do we get to do what we're passionate about or not with who we love and, and so on. So our vehicle is so important. Um, so a coach is a teacher of skill. And that's a trainer train is fitness and helps people lose weight and maybe gain strength. But a coach, uh, that happens as a byproduct. A coach is a teacher of movement skill. How to, how to move more skillfully for your desired goal and, and a motivator and the good coach, as I say, the whole, the whole person for the lifespan. Oh, I like that. I love, I love the coaches train, but not all trainers coach. I like that. That's so true and some unfortunate, uh, to be honest. Um, I want to talk about, um, one of the things that you created to help get twist performance up and going and it's smart muscle. Can you d explain what that is and how it came about? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, smart muscle training and what our, uh, what my methodology is labeled as and our certifications. Um, when you look at where it comes from is when I looked at what was happening in fitness at the time. That was pre, before functional training. And yeah. functional training is, you know, well, better known, but it's misunderstood and it's still a niche market. I go into health clubs. 95% of people are training with bodybuilding exercises for isolation, you know, for appearance. Yeah. That's what they know. Um, and it's not a right or wrong. Anyone, anything that gets someone moving is a good thing. And, uh, we, you know, we all have different methods, but I look at fitness and it's like, okay, this is the way people are training. There's a lot of isolation exercises, bodybuilding, appearance based, also machines. And the way they're training, this isn't what athletes need. This isn't, this doesn't meet the characteristics and requirements of sport. It's not when I sit in sport teams, coaches offices, yeah. uh, the attributes that people are developing in fitness centers. It's not what sport coaches are talking about valuing for their players. And, um, and so there was a disconnect between what, what are, what do coaches talk about? What do they say a player lacks? What attributes do they need? And what's happening in fitness and health clubs and so on? And yeah. it's like, well, kind of, a, you know, I know this, it's a little bit intuitive, um, but it is pulling together. I, I know all the sciences. I know the demands of sport. And we need a new practical methodology of how to move and train and overload the body to match the sport characteristics and how the science would um, achieve that. 
And so what I did is I ended up integrating balance, movement, strength, and core into every second of every drill, every inch of every rep. It's a true integrated methodology. Um, as we understand it and are told, we launched the industry's first functional training certifications. Wow, uh, that's amazing. Uh, 99, I think it was. Uh, wow, that's so cool. Uh, Link Strength was integrating movement and strength in your lifting, functional strength training. We had sport balance um, and a third certification on movement skills on their training movement, not muscle was the philosophy. You know, even though you're building bigger, stronger muscles, your philosophy is to train for movement. The key thing with smart muscle is studying the brain. I believe improving the human body is about communication. Uh, and how the brain communicates with the body, not about anything that we uh, work on in fitness traditionally. Now, certainly adapting, overloading and stimulating tissue adaptation for stronger muscles, bigger muscles, muscles with more endurance. Those things, of course, you know, are what we rely on to move the body. And we need an energy system. We need our energy, three energy systems. So training them. Helps us yeah. do things longer, better before fatigue breaks down techniques. So all those yep. things contribute. Um, but it's our, it's our brain. It's the, our staying in a cognitive state where our brain, uh, can compute the actions of what our body needs to do in any situation and giving correct information to the muscles and fascia and being able to coordinate that. And so I was really focused in smart muscle training is brain plus body and you know mind and movement and it's really i'm overloading the body but i'm also over, overloading the brain and i know if i stimulate more computations in the brain which happens mainly in the cerebral cortex for movement then i'm getting more muscle activation more muscles involved and that looks like in a practical sense full body exercise, movement-based exercise. A lot of it is strength training and strength training for the the response that a bodybuilder would appreciate for muscle hypertrophy. Um, but we're getting, you know, a balanced movement, mobility, stability, and so on. And uh, so the body can move much uh, smarter for us. And smart means skill. Wow, that is so good. How how are some of the ways that, you know, when someone is in the midst of training, how can you cue them to, you know, start connecting the mind to the muscle? How can if somebody is struggling with that, maybe because, you know, they're they're new to moving their body, um, how would a coach or a trainer cue that or somebody just even trying to do it themselves going to the gym? How would they connect their mind to their body? Okay, good. That's a great question. You've got great questions that really help guide uh, people's learning. I love it. Um, num number one, leave the phone in the locker room. Don't watch TV. Don't use anything with a monitor on it. Be present in okay. the moment. Um, number two, if your exercise doesn't force you to be present in the moment, you know you can upgrade it so that there is a way to get more muscle involved and more brain involved. And so if I'm doing an exercise and if I wanted to watch TV and watch prices Right reruns while I lift, um, that tells me my exercise is, is, is a little bit on the dumb muscle side. 
and <laughs> on, on the smart muscle and brain side. My brain doesn't need to be involved. It'd be like you and I, you and I, we do want things to be automatic, right? Like you and I walk down a sidewalk and have this conversation. We can yeah. chat and we can even think about things. And we're not, we're not worried about coordinate, focusing on coordinating our body. That's a known yep. skill. Um, a basketball player is in a basketball game. They don't want to have to think about how they're moving their body. You know, it just happens. You, you ask an elite athlete about a sport highlight like a game-breaking play, how did you do that? And they're like, I don't know, it just happened. And it just flows then. Everything's automatic. We call that an autonomic state in the brain. But your question in the weight room, I, I don't want things to be easy and automatic in the in the weight room. That's where I want things, everything to be as difficult as possible and not just a heavy load to fatigue and not just by sweating. But based yeah. on my whole body to be able to coordinate it and my and my brain to be involved. So number one was no TV, no phones, no screens. Uh, be present. Number two is, hey, does your exercise force you to be present in the moment? Does it even entice you to be interested to stay present in the moment? If you're not even interested in being in your, your set of exercise yeah. uh, or on the treadmill, whatever, then that means your exercise kind of sucks. It is too boring. It's not interesting <laughs> enough for your brain to even want to come to the exercise party. You're, you know, your yeah. your brain's somewhere else, just trying to put in time. Um, on the treadmill, be present. Use use that time as uh, there's an emotional way to to be more present. Um, use it as motivation. You know, your running is symbolic of moving forward, getting past your problems, becoming the new you. You know, be 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 motivated, be present, listen to how your feet strike the treadmill. Are they loud? That means you're landing hard and abusing your bony system, your your skeletal yeah. system. Then can you change and land so it, it's quiet? That means your joints are safe, your muscles are more loaded up. So listen, be aware, be motivated, be present. Um and and start to feel your body almost like a you know a rhythmic meditation. Make it your time, your time, your time. It's the one time away from a toxic world or an electric world or, yeah. um, you know, an overly stimulated world we're all distracted in. It's, yeah. it's the time for you, for the listeners. It's the time for you. You know, think of it like you're in a, in a yoga studio. You're over in Bali, Indonesia, a spiritual retreat. You're on the beach. You're, uh, you're in your yoga, your yoga studio. You know, it's that mindset, but you're working out. You might be exerting yourself uh, more in a different way. Same mindset. That's where a lot of mindfulness and connection comes. Uh, not, uh, the next step, you're in the exercise. Get your feet grounded into the ground. Set your core. Make your abdominals strong. Get your shoulders back down. Make sure all your body's connected together. And, you know, you've got, you've got a foundation that's actually present. You're actually ready to do the rep. And, yeah. and so on. So pay attention and think about, think, think. Yeah. Exercise is about thinking and being present. Think about, you know, where are my legs? Load my legs, get my feet into the ground, pull my shoulders back, brace my core. Now I'm ready for one rep and do it from that base. And, uh, and then to graduate the scale, there's so many cool things. To take an exercise, you and I are working out together. There's an exercise. We're up on our feet. We can do it. Um, yeah. What 
we can we can change our base of support, our foot position, so that it's more movement and it's less stable. So our brain has to think about the movement and the balance for stability. Um, we can change from using two dumbbells to using one on one side, so it's a little bit of top-down instability with the weight on one side. There is, uh, I could probably, I could list off about 20 overload variables, uh, the ways to change how we impose challenge on our body during an exercise, um, which makes our body, our brain with our body have to think more and to get more muscles uh, involved. And I try and check all of those off before I move up on a weight. So if we're using 25 pounds for 10 reps, we can do 25 pounds for 10 reps. Before I jump up to 30 pounds, I'm going to check off a whole array of different overload methodology that gets more of my body linked into that exact movement. So it's strong, okay. stable, balanced, mobile, skillful, and my brain has a chance to connect everything. Once I, once I have fun with that and exploring that, solving all of those exercise puzzles and improving, then uh, I'll move up in weight. And the key thing is, if I may add, um, in, a, in a long answer, but all of it, just check, check, check. These are things on everyone's exercise checklist. Yes. Um, when I go through those array of different ways to overload the same exercise, I'm challenged by each of them, but then neurally from my brain, I can quite quickly figure out how to do it and adapt my body to do it. And what that does for people is it's failure, success, failure, I can do it, can't do it, I can do it. It's so powerful to get a, a belief system of I can do it. Yeah. That's one of the objects of exercise, bring people in, make them fail. Uh, an, an hour later, 10 minutes later, another set, a week later, they can do it. And they get this belief. You know, half the people in the world will see any failure and quit. Yep. Confirmation they can't do it. Whatever it is in life. Half yep. the people will see failure and they'll understand, oh, I, wow, now I'm, now I'm into it. I've got an opportunity to improve and I recognize this is the path to success. And yeah. I like to keep people in that state of mind of fail, succeed, fail, succeed, and just deepen that belief so it's amazing resiliency inside them. Yeah, I love that. I I love that. Um, with all of your learning, you know, for creating that mind to body, um, and then creating smart muscle, um, what did that do for your career? Um, and how has it changed, um, the way that you impact people? And when did you really start noticing that you were having a greater impact than what you might have thought? Um, finishing on your last question and coming back, I was, I was coaching, I was uh, blessed to coach in the NHL, strength and conditioning coach, uh, and I developed uh, individual players on the ice, uh, for 11 years with Vancouver Canucks. And we, we had some good strings there as, uh, the lowest injury rate in the league and players were injured, uh, less. They were, when they came back from injury, they were more game ready. Um, you know, I had some good track record with guys like the Sedin twins 
Henrik and Daniel Sedin who were drafted and, and they, they took a lot of abuse because they, they weren't able to play in the league. They're probably the two worst players in the league. Uh, when they started and they ended up with, you know, scoring titles and MVP and, uh, and very graciously as well. Um, so I really saw not only, you know, oh, and a lot of the players we've, we've, um, was I've, I've, uh, coached about 700 pro and Olympic athletes myself, but just, just by wow. nature of what, uh, we do. And I have had a, have a number of training centers collectively. Um, we've trained about 2,000 pro and Olympic and 20,000 high school and college. And wow. uh, there's lots of people all over the world that are doing great stuff as coaches and trainers. You know, I'm, I'm one person and one organization, uh, but consistently a lot of our athletes would report back to their team and win the top condition, uh, award. And, um, We've helped a lot of folks come back who have given up elsewhere, you know, from career threatening injuries. And so a lot, a lot of examples of like, you know, okay, you know, there's lots of people out and around the world that do good things, but what we're doing yep. certainly seems to work. And, um, I'd say the most important one though is with my training style, when it's applied to adults or kids, uh, who are not athletically gifted. You know, their parents probably didn't pass on the DNA yep. of an athlete. And a yep. lot of them are growing up not playing sports. And when they participate in the exercise methods, uh, they say, this is my sport. Like it feels, I feel like an athlete with how uh, I'm moving. And I get the same comment from if it's someone that played college volleyball or college soccer, kind of been out of sports, then they come in and train. It's like how I feel and how it, how like the sensations, how it feels and how my brain and mind feels about it. I feel like, I feel like an athlete. Of course, it's level appropriate for everybody. We can bring yeah. in a 75 year old who hasn't exercised before. We'll find a, a safe level for them to have a good experience. But they'll still feel like, wow, like I, I feel like I'm moving. And the, the language of movement is written in feel. So when people use that word, I feel, uh, it's not like other people want quantified measurements. Like we're measuring, we're testing, which is important. We get a quantified number. Everything today is about data. Um, yeah. But people are trained. You know, the language of movement is written in feel. So people saying it feels a certain way, that's the most valid I could get. And number two, why do people train? They, everybody trains for desired feelings, for emotions. And this, this just adds a, a sort of a, a, a fork in the road tangent, <laughs> but it's very, very important for, uh, for us to understand is when people come to us, they might say, I want to lose 20 pounds. I want, you know, I want to put muscle on my shoulders and my butt yep. or, I want to make the, I got cut from the high school, um, you know, football team and I want to make the team next year. Those are all valid goals, but those aren't really what they want. What they want is the emotional experience of living their goal. What does it feel like to you? What do you feel like when you're 20 pounds leaner and looking stronger? What does that do for your confidence level? How does that help you show up feeling more comfortable when you go to the beach with your kids? How does that improve your 
uh, intimacy with your husband or wife, which you desire a better relationship. People may not know it, and it doesn't get often discussed, but everyone's after more positive emotions, more positive feelings. And so on both sides of the fence, I try and deliver a, a feeling of moving, um, you know, more athletic. It's a positive feel. I don't, I don't crush people. I never crush people and, uh, so on to burn calories. <laughs> we build them up and, yeah. uh, we, we want them to feel like I, this feels good to move this way. And then over here, the results that we get, whatever their goals are, we'll respect it and go after it. But we, re- we really never forget, peel back those goals, dig down deeper layers. Uh, yep. there's, positive emotions, positive feelings, which they desire. And this is just a path, an avenue to that. So how would someone, if you have somebody coming into uh, your your fitness studio, an athlete or a, a just a normal human person that is, you know, having that desire for, you know, feeling lighter, but all they keep giving you is, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. How can you tap into somebody's inner desires to really help bring that out? Because I feel that's when the transformation really starts happening. Yeah. So, well, someone, someone who, and when you say they want to move, they want to feel lighter, do you mean like move lighter or feel lighter? Move lighter. Like you said, you know, what it feels like to feel 20 pounds lighter, what it feels like to bring that confidence. How do we, how do we help show somebody or shed light on that inner desire that what they're wanting is a deeper purpose than just, I want to lose weight? Well, I, I think there's um there's some strategy to the process for sure. You know, my my goal is to keep people in the game, like keep keep them keep them coming to the gym, keep them focused on what else can we help them do in their life, such as their food intake, their lifestyle, their sleep, their hydration, their mindset, things that um, help upgrade them today or upgrade how they approach. You know. Uh, earning subsequent improvement and showing up better to that. Um, I want to keep them in the game and I need to, I, I've learned that I, I need to show them improvement right away, you know, to get, I, I need to make them feel comfortable, number one. So I'm going to have a positive culture, be positive, respectful, supportive. Yep. Make them feel like this is a safe place because they've come in and they're super intimidated. Um, this is probably the most safest, most positive place you could be in. And so get them to know that, help, help them make immediate improvement. Uh, and they don't need to be things that are really impactful for a year down the road with how we want them to be. Um, but we want them to get them excited about improving and feel good that they improved something. And okay. so that could be being able to, you know, squat down to the level of a chair could be just an increase in weight. Uh, maybe we just focus, you know, we're going to get five pounds off you. So you see some, uh, some quick, you know, quicker momentum. And then, you know, we're going to get into a sustain, sustainable program. Um, nice. yep. we need, we need to produce, we do need to produce some results. And that's not the way to go the whole way along. It's, it's a, it's a consistency wins. You know, most people this year is going to come and go and people are going to be the same or worse. Yeah. That's for most people. Right. So what are you worried about getting it done in 30 days for? You know, if yeah. we, if we can 
let's get something done every day that that sends you in the right direction that's sustainable. Yep. That you can enjoy and and manage and not have to quit. And then add that up a year from now, you're going to be transformed on there. And you can sustain it the rest of your life would be the objective. Um, yeah. So I really coach them up on that to get that buy-in. Um, but I think the real answer is to your question is more of an organic uh, process, Candice. It's people come in with one or two specific goals, usually at least that are their top goals. Yeah. And, you know, so we make sure we check those off. Really, if it's weight loss, for example, that's fat loss, let's say, um, that's really going to be like, that can be their main target. It's not ours. Uh, and we know we're going to honor it. We're going to help them achieve it, but it's really a byproduct. Yeah. It's happening as a byproduct. They're losing fat as a byproduct of exercising to improve their human vehicle, to get rid yeah. of pain. To have more freedom of motion, more confidence, because, you know, really their sustainable weight loss is going to happen outside the gym when they adopt a more active lifestyle, when they carry their groceries versus push a cart, when they walk the stairs instead of take the escalator, all the little micro things every day, all year. And yep. they'll, they'll be inclined to do that if they're pain free and can move more readily. And, yeah. um, so we're giving them a lot more. They think we're focused on their primary target. And organically, usually months down the road, there's some moment with a lot of clients where they come back in and they express all of the ways that they're surprised in their life, how this positively impacts many more parts of life than they anticipated. And then they're either crying or hugging or high-fiving. It's a good moment. And that's the epiphany. They get it. This, this, this helps everything. This positively affects everything. I'm training for life. I'm training for everything. And, and their mindset changes. Um, but we, we, we need to allow them the time to go through that organic process and come to that epiphany themselves by experiencing life, uh, differently. Uh, that's, I like that. Um, yeah. With with all of the you know the transformations that you do you know professionally with with just you know regular individuals um, and growing such a profound business like all over the world, there must have been some struggles uh, throughout the way. Can you describe some of the hardships that you had while creating and founding your business, and how did you overcome them? <laughs> Wow. Well, let me just clarify for if people haven't run, started their own thing or run their own business. Um, there's only two times that business is challenging, uh, when you're failing and when you're succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> now you imagine, cause it's, co it's COVID chapter right now and, um, People are ordering more online and it's kind of 2020 anyway, you know, yeah. but say you're selling things online and you're selling a million dollars a year, you know, you've got your inventory, you're ordering your warehouse, you know, however you're doing it, your, your online platform, someone for customer support. What if you're successful and all of a sudden you're doing 5 million a year? <laughs> Let me tell you, whatever you're doing from a people system process, 
at 1 million no longer works. Nothing you're doing works at 5 million. So you have to keep learning and changing everything to support success. More people, more moving parts, more processes, more clients. Uh, you know, you need a bigger warehouse. You need a different accounting system. You need more phone lines, you know, everything. Um, so constant change, constant improvement with success and growth, especially. And yep. similar with failure, it's just not as fun and exciting, <laughs> you know. Um, there's a, I, I can't remember who it is, but it, as someone a much higher level business than myself who was running a billion dollar company, and people think, um, you know, once you're running a billion dollar company, you're just sort of like floating around, you know, it's kind of easy then, and you got a big, big group of people in, the experts to run it. So, yep. and that's somewhat true. You do have it, you're as good as your team. But, um, they interviewed him and said, you know, what's your typical day like now, now that you're, one of the most successful business people in the world. What's your day like? Yeah. And he said, he said, I wake up every day, you know, I'm, you know, I wake up every day. I'm, I'm passionate. I'm motivated to, to get after it, but I wake up every day and I, uh, solve problems. Then I end oh. my day. <laughs> Next day I wake up and I solve problems. problems. And then, then I end my day. Um, so that, that that's a blanket statement that I never forget, and that's that's having a team, a business, and especially being global. You know, little things starting out. I started out. Uh, I started out running uh, camps. I started out. Uh, I was in the NHL. I started running camps. I think I had six athletes. My first camp, no facility, okay. six athletes. I had a whistle and uh, and some cones. Like I really had no people, no facility. No money, um, yeah. no no like no resources, <laughs> and no business knowledge, and you know so you're kind of figuring everything out and solving everything, and you're doing what you can with what you have, how things are now, and not waiting until I better wait till I have a big gym and staff and all kinds of equipment and actually know what I'm doing, and <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. get started. Um, but then of course you know growing a global business, and I, I'm. I am a uh, old school where I think it's positive. I'm, you know, I'm, I love change. I love growth. I love enrichment. I seek it. Um, you know, but there's values that I think are important. Like, so, and this isn't a right or wrong. It's me out of one, eight, eight billion people. This is my own perspective. And there's yep. sometimes many rights. Um, but this is my way. You know, someone will send me a, a, a direct message on, you know, messenger, let's say. And it'd be like, you know, hey, man, love your stuff. Let's collab. That's their effort. You know, and, and what do I do? I, I give an example. I, I, I got invited to meet um, in China one of the top multi-billionaires who owns 33 countries. And his biggest one is one of the major oil pipelines oh, that wow. are across Asia. And he, he was interested in uh, doing a couple of things with me in China. And no one hardly ever gets to meet this guy. And so I was asked to come over on a specific date. It was just a real, uh, I, I travel easily. I travel 50% each month, but I needed to be home around this time. It was a very difficult time. It was not uh, a time I could go for a week or something. Yeah. So I flew to Shanghai for a meeting. 
I had lunch, meeting, and we sat outside, had some Chinese tea, and uh, and I did uh, I did come to a, a dinner, and then that night I went straight to the airport, got a late night flight, and came back. Wow. And so that. That says that you know what what are some of the problems and struggles and challenges uh in endurance and willingness you know there's yeah. no there's no shortcut there's no short shortcut to success and uh it's being willing to do what others are not and yeah. doing whatever it takes working harder than other people but making sure you have more fun and feel grateful mm-hmm. doing it. And if you can find that sweet spot, whatever you're doing and you stay focused on it, you're going to do well. Um, and that's a, that's a, that's a challenge of global business because, you know, you, you might have to be a road warrior. Of course, you're sacrificing anything you do, you sacrifice, right? If you and I go skiing, that means, you know, we're, we're not going snowshoeing. We go mountain biking. We're not golfing. So you say yes, yes to something, you're automatically saying no to something else. Yeah. Um, so all, all, all parts of life come with you get something, you sacrifice something. And, uh, just really, really being able, anytime I'm focused on what I'm missing, what I'm losing, things don't go well. Anytime I'm focused on what I'm gaining, what I'm getting to do, not what I have to do, what I get to do. Uh, and with appreciation, how I show up for it must be different because things go really well. And my happiness with it, of course, is correlated to that. So the biggest challenge I'll, I'll end this answer on is mindset, perspective. You know, um, you, you know, there's no, there's no room for begrudgment. There's no room for victim mentality. There's no room for me. Uh, things being imposed on me and so on. Uh, it's a challenge of uh, the mindset of accountability and growth and rolling with the punches and go with the flow and, you know, stay, stay cool. Life, life will present some drama. Uh, business will present some, some drama. We don't need to create yeah. any in our own mind. Not 95% of drama in the world and people's lives, I believe, you, most often, respectfully, someone passes away. Yes. That, that's, that's as heavy as it gets and that's real. You know, you get outside of that type of category. Yes. All the other drama is created in our own mind by our own self-talk. A hundred percent. So leading a business and growing, growing anything and growing it more globally, I, I would just say my, the main challenge is maturing and enriching and elevating mindset. And, um, yeah, you can you can get some wins done uh, with a lesser mindset, just out of sheer will and be a bull and drive things down the field and get it done. Um, it's not quite as graceful and gracious, probably not sustainable. And uh, you know, as we say with our athletes that win championships, uh, yeah, if you win a championship, that's great, you know. But were you, were you a gentleman to people along the way when you did it? Were you yes, your teammates. You know, or were you an idiot uh, along the way? And so there, it's a different level of championship. It's not what 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 you do; it's how you do it. Yes. And, and so, 
Yes, yes. With with your business being so global, what are some of the leadership qualities you bring to your team and what qualities and values do you look for in building a team? Yeah, my well, my, myself, I can, um, you know, it's kind of how I started out in business. You know, I can bring good people together. And when I started, that was, you know, good coaches together. I would do the same thing now. I would try and look for, like, who, who's running a billion-dollar company, and let's bring six of those guys together that are good people, that are passionate about making a positive impact, that we can be have friendship and collaborate well, you know, but they've got real high-level skills trying to form an all-star team. Um, inside your team, and, you know, I've got a, I've got a gym that's a box on a street corner. Well, I've got younger people and, uh, the, you know, the main thing I can bring to them, and it's not for everybody. I even bring that in every interview. Um, this yeah, is a place we want to be great. We want to grow a championship team. We want to grow an all-star team. And we're not yep. just coaching clients. We're like, we all want to grow. Yes. And so the one for the best thing that I can give and the, best thing people can bring uh i can give an opportunity for for growth for them um because we want them to improve to be a stronger teammate uh but i also want to serve them as the leader we as leaders we serve i want to serve them like i serve my clients so when there's a day that they're no longer with me you know they enter here and now they're way up here and they have all of that ability for life um, of course, I want to be a destination, not just a ladder. So we try and make a home they want to stay and hopefully yep. they'll reciprocate and be loyal to the growth and opportunity we give. Um, but, but I look for people. Are, are they really hungry to learn and grow and improve? And like, do they want to be great? Are they confident? Do they have that hunger? That, that's probably five, 5% of to 10% of people. Like a lot of yep. people, they want a job. They kind of want to do something that they kind of like. And, you know, that's that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. class to learn a specialty thing on stretching or rehab. But, you know, they're kind of just there. So yes. finding someone who has a little bit of internal fire and appetite and it's like, wow, I, I, I can be pulled up to like a 10 times higher level. Yes. Um, most people would avoid that. So I'm looking for people that salivate at that. And uh, there's nothing better than growing people as we do our clients, our staff, yep. grow a team uh, on that side. And that that, that would be number one. If, if that's not there, then it's, it's going to be a limited relationship. Yes. So... While all of this is happening, you're creating a, you know, worldwide known uh, business, coaching, top athletes. Um, you had a, an intuition of needing to get checked and something just wasn't feeling right for you. Um to find out you had a tumor the size of a baseball, just a couple of centimeters away from your brain stem. Um, when was it that you first started kind of feeling something was off? 
And why was it so important for you to be so adequate to make the doctors check deeper into um, testing? Because you had tests and it came back negative and the doctors were trying to tell you you're okay. Um, how important is it for you and to for anybody to really, um, when they're feeling something, really be keen on, on making sure that they get tested and keep going until they find out what it is? Yeah, that's uh thank you for um asking that question. You know, I when people when people ask about stuff or if or if I reference something like just conversationally, I tend to say I, I had a, a health wrinkle I had to iron out, which is a bit of my mindset for conquering it and moving forward or keep believing I conquered it so my brain tells my biology to stay healthy. And yeah. uh, I, it's also out of respect because everyone in the world has difficulties and challenges. So kind of my, my story in some way, when I personalize my story, it generalizes to everyone because everyone doesn't need to be uh, cancer. It can be, um, it can be a divorce, financial struggles, loss of a job, you know, drug addiction, depression, um, all there's like just lists the scroll of difficulties and challenges and they're all tough. Yeah. And if yeah. someone's living it, it's, it's, it doesn't matter which one's tougher or not. If someone's living one, then um, it's super tough. And so this is a good, this is a discussion I've, uh, I used to avoid that I've learned to appreciate because uh, ev everyone can, we can all learn how to manage and handle and succeed and truly springboard from our difficulties. Uh, but that's a learning process for sure. And we can be yeah. crushed and stuck. Uh, in the mud after a diff any type of difficulty, or we can literally springboard forward uh, into more and create our best chapter. And and it's really just it's just different in how people think about it and see it and talk about it, and then what they do in their life. But the opportunities there, um, but none of us know how to leverage an opportunity till we learn how to. So things like your podcast are uh, even more powerful than you probably give yourself credit for. And even one person listens to this who is in a, a, a deep difficulty or just struggling, not not aware of how to come out of it, you know, yeah. and this won't give them all the answers, but it might just light the fire for them to go explore more and trust it and know and get some uh, excitement uh, that there is there is ways to handle what they're going through and come out more, you know. Yes. But uh, on on my side coming in, um, it's important also because uh, you know if people who are fit, people who are healthy, people who are strong, people who are athletes. What do we teach athletes? I got taught from the youngest age when you get knocked down, get up. Yep. You know. Yep. You get injured. You've got a wrist injury, an ankle injury. Well, I was told that's a long way from my heart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just like get back in the game. You know. Yeah. Can you play? Can you move it a little bit? Get going. Oh, exactly. And, and so that, and there, there's a lot of benefit to the power of a mindset for that. Um, however, I believe it also, of course, if you're an athlete and you train and so on, you, you, you usually, those type of people usually have a higher pain threshold or taught to ignore pain and keep going, all yeah. of those things. And so I would say the fitter, the stronger, the more athletic, the tougher, the more resilient the person, the more susceptible they are to things like cancer, because we'll just push through. We'll ignore these like signs 
and just push through. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we're good at. And yes. um, that's not that's not a good thing for prevention. It sure is an asset when you're trying to survive and and recover and rebuild. Um, yeah. But from a prevention, it can kind of catch us. So I'm just sharing that for everyone. Um, Anytime you can get tested for something, finding out sooner is a lot better than finding out later. You know, your whole process is easier. Your odds are better, whatever it is. And so just go, you got things going on inside your body. Nobody can see it. Like we can't see what's happening inside the body. Go get tested, you know, and you might have to do a bunch of tests, process of elimination. First, you figure out what it's not before you figure out what it is. So stay at it, you know. Um, but for my my situation, I was at his, uh, in a chapter in life. It, it was New Year's Eve uh, day, December 31st afternoon. Where I live in Vancouver, the North Shore, there's three mountains. And uh, Vancouver, where I'm living in, we don't tend to get snow in the city, but we do get it in the mountains. So it's um, it's not as warm as California, but it's not cold <laughs> like, uh, you know, the rest of Canada and Alaska. But yep. you can you can literally you know you can go sailing and mountain biking and skiing all on the same day certain yeah. times of the year. So which we like to throw that out there. Oh yeah, oh yes. <laughs> and so it definitely attracts a lot of active people who choose to live here and our outdoor playground. But we we were uh, for New Year's Eve day we had. I had friends with whether it's uh, someone's with their boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, kids, just everyone's together and we're out snowshoeing and it happened to be a bright, sunny day, fresh snow. We're up the mountain and uh, everyone's sort of pausing, grabbing some lunch, hanging out, playing. And me and a buddy took off and we started snowshoeing up a steep part up the mountain. Okay. And you know what? We just we went and we just kept going and going and going and finally we looked over at each other and with the same thought and just started laughing, Candace, because it's like just this big belly laughter roaring, like a lion roaring, because we realized we're not getting tired. Like we're just pushing through. We just kept yeah. going. You know, we're like knee deep in snow, just powering up the mountain. And then we finally paused. Imagine we're up, we're up higher in the mountain. We paused. Yes. We can see the city, the ocean, our families. Wow. So my buddy, I said, you know what? At this moment in time, uh, life is a 10 out of 10. You know, where I live, what I do, who I'm, the mission I'm on, the positive impact, my kids, my relationship. I feel my best, my positive mindset, my strongest ever. And yep. uh, made that comment. And... About seven days later, I was diagnosed with stage four, you know, head head and neck cancer, the base of my brain, my face, my mouth, throat, ears, uh, down into my chest, uh, the big tumor that was like a baseball and then a bunch of smaller ones. Um, and that was like a light switch on the wall flipping, you know, my whole life as I knew it immediately ended. Now I'm the cancer guy. And it was like, okay, late stage four, the first oncologist I saw five minutes into my first meeting of people don't know an oncologist is a cancer doctor, cancer specialist, uh, bless their soul. And, um, 
five minutes into it, he started talking about palliative care. Palliative care is how, how to help someone buy more comfortably nicer. Yeah. So f- 10 minutes into it, I decided that he's not smart enough to be my doctor. And your coach has to believe in you. You got to believe. So yes. I, I found, I, I, I found other oncologists, uh, the chemotherapy oncologist didn't think it was worth doing treatment. But uh, there was two radiation oncologists, and one of the radiation oncologists thought there was a chance. Um, part of it was that my strength and fitness was so extraordinarily high at that time, I had more room to fall, in his words. They could bomb me with highest levels of radiation, which is going to kill the tumors, but it's going to be killing all the, the healthy stuff inside. Yeah. And they thought I could, I had more room to fall. I could hang in there. And, um, yeah, I would, I would say I, I hung in by a thread. Wow. Um, I won by a thread. You know, and, uh, I'm going to share that, that, um, just stay, stay in the game. I'm going to say from that, cause it's, uh, you know, there was times it was just so, I was so beat up and burnt up on the inside, lost all my muscle tissue, uh, brain damage, uh, from the radiation. The, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't deliberate forever, but I considered checking out, you know, it was just too, too much. Yeah. Um, and uh, I ended up uh, getting a stop, a stop, my coach's stopwatch. And okay. I, I set it for one minute. I set the alarm for one minute. And I'm like, I'm going to battle for one minute. And uh, then I just kept resetting it. I'd win the minute. Wow. Then five, then ten, then, you know, soon I didn't need the stopwatch. Um, but similar to that baseball. It's this kind of a symbol, uh, based yeah. familiar with the stopwatches. I'm a big believer in symbols. I'm wearing, um, uh, two bands. It says, uh, better every day. And better every day is part of healing from disease and overcoming difficulties, getting better every day. Um, but being better every day, this also, uh, is, how do I show up and, and am I positive and respectful talking to Candace and her audience? Um, how am I as a parent today, as a friend, a business person, my own fitness, just the intent to get a little bit better every day. And some days, of course, I fail, but, but I'm aware I have that intent and I can get back on track. And the key thing is when you have symbols as motivation, symbols are something you can see visually. It yep. could be art, could be something on your shelf, but I can also touch and feel it. It's tangible. I can stretch this. You know, if I'm screwing up, I can snap it and, and go, yes. oh, I got to get my crap together. Um, but I believe yep. in symbols that we associate meaning with. It doesn't need to say better every day on it, um, but you associate some important motivational meaning that sends you in the right direction that you can see and touch. Uh, usually when you're in your times of need, being able to see and touch brings all of the lessons associated with it back to you. And my, 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 my two main messages from the story I just shared is one, stay in the game. 
You know, so the only mistake that you can't recover from is check it out. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we've all, all, most of the listeners I respect, and I've had a number of good, good friends and peers that have checked out in a, in a moment. Uh, they just decide to check out. There's no recovery from that. Other than that, I can pretty much screw up in thousands and thousands of ways in life. And yes. I can, I can come back and recover. I can so correct. So how imperative, how imperative was it for you to have those doctors, you know, give that belief in, in doing the, the radiation? Um, especially when you're already in the midst of that struggle of, you know, what do I do now? Like these doctors are telling me I'm, you know, I'm, it's not worth it to just let it happen. Um, how important was it for you to really have that, that support system and that belief, especially in the times where you might have felt like checking out? Oh, Candace, well, what a powerful question. Belief and hope is everything. Um, two sides to that, because you, you did ask me as I going into that story, you know, how, how I, how I kept returning to doctors and being persistent. My story started out with me saying that I, I feel a 10 out of 10. Yes. Um, now, but before that moment on this, on the snowshoe day and when I was diagnosed, you can trace back five years. For five years, I kept getting a, a gut feel and intuition. I would feel 10 out of 10. It's like, I feel great. I feel yep. awesome. But there's something nagging at me that I, that I sense I have cancer. And I went through that for five years. I'd see doctors two or three times a year and I kept getting denied. Um, because I didn't look sick and I didn't sound sick. I, you know, yeah. I looked healthy, I looked strong, and I sounded positive. Doctors are biased in how how much they'll look. Uh, yes. And, but that was probably my, my gut brain, which I think we'll learn in research is smarter than our brain, our head brain. And oh, that, yeah. that was my body speaking to me. And I could hear it. So listeners, follow your gut. You know, if everything's okay, then great, celebrate. But if you're, if you're sensing something, go get it checked out. Uh, so believe in yourself, believe in your instinct, believe in your gut. Your gut is not just a feeling. It's an actual brain. It's your body communicating to yes. you. Listen to yourself. Uh, so believe in yourself and push through until you get the answers you need. Over on your, your question on the doctor, that, that was the whole game changer. And uh, he did speak to me about that, but I was actually in a meeting. It was kind of an orientation session, and there was a lot of cancer patients. And then he was he was uh, presenting at the podium. I went out and asked a question, and there was something specific. So he had to look up my file, and I yep. so I, it, like I was like a student, you know, kind of cheating on a test. You know, you're like he was kind of looking at it as the doctor, not so I couldn't see it. And I looked, I made sure my eyes got on his screen. I've never read so fast. I was reading that whole screen. And I saw on there, it was something about even though the, the chemotherapy doctor didn't think it was worth treatments, you know, he he believed that there was a chance. Yes. He, could, he could do enough radiation. He believed there was a chance. It didn't even matter if it was like 2%. Just when I saw, all I needed to see he believes I have a chance. That affected everything I do from there on, every minute of every day. And I'm like, 
there's a chance. Yes. That, that brought me so much uh, conviction and power just to go after it, you know? So coaches for their athletes and clients, parents for their kids, like believe in how someone could show up, how they can show up, who they can become, what they yeah. can achieve. Well, most times people will rise up to your beliefs and yes. at least on that path, you know? So belief is is huge. And of course, then I needed to believe that what I was doing would have a positive effect. And because in the biology of belief, your brain does affect your biology. Yep. Um, if we're on this podcast and, and we're stressed and negative the whole time and that's our life, then our, you can measure our cells, the physical structure, and they're degraded. But of course, if we're on with positive and lots of love and uplifting and growth-oriented yeah. and that's our mindset, our cells uh, respond to that. Um, yeah. So your, your mindset and, and belief is incredibly uh, powerful. I would call it a game-changer. I love that. I love also um, when you were showing your bracelets, we are both friends with Todd Durkin. Yeah, I yeah. have his impact band. So that's, uh, this is one of the things that I wear um, to help me also, you know, get myself uh, back in the game. If I feel like I'm slacking or procrastinating or maybe getting into a negative mindset, or if I feel like I'm about to react and not respond, I'll, I'll snap the band and no, take a second. In, figure out what you're about to actually say and do before you just react um so i love that and yes belief within yourself is so important and then having the 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 power of someone else's belief in you is just it's really transformational um you got you got the okay, you got the doctor, you got the readiness to, to go into uh, radiation. What was that experience like for you? Can you explain some of, you know, the struggles to, and experiences that you went through? And how did you keep your mind set, focused on moving forward and taking little steps to overcome um, all that you were going through? Um. Great questions. You know, I've done so many podcasts and so many media interviews and you can tell, you can tell you're great at what, what you do with people because you, you've got great questions that would help people. And thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. That's awesome. Um, it, you know, well, some things I did just sort of checking the boxes. I, I, I always thought, you know, if I, Hey, if I get cancer and I'm thinking like early stage cancer, but I'm going to peace and love and meditate and I'm going to run and hike in the mountains and get nature therapy. And if it gets serious, maybe I'll go to Germany and try some like, you know, new age alternative modern therapy. And, uh, and, and as it came in my situation, you know, my back was against the wall. I'm against the ropes and the time is now and people are saying it's too late. So I like yeah. throwing the bombs. Let's bomb the heck out of it. Throw in, give me the biggest hand grenade you got. So chemo yeah. radiation, um, you know, but I didn't, uh, I remember being at the cancer hospital and asking a lady what, what type of chemo she's getting. She's like, oh, I have no idea. I leave all that to my doctor. Oh. You know, a lot of people are just like, you know, doctors are God and what they say. And I just do that. And of course, a lot of people are like, I'm not going to do anything. Just hand me the pill. And, yeah. and make the pill fix it. That's all I'm willing to invest. 
of myself. Um, and so I, I like to say, like, I, I'm so appreciative of the, the cancer hospital and the oncologists and, uh, and I, um, I wouldn't be here without them. So I'm very indebted. Uh, but I also, I wouldn't be here sitting as I am without a lot of things I did myself. And I also use naturopathic, uh, medicine. So I, I, what, what I did is I got in as, oh gosh, I, I want to, uh, keep this answer kind of checklisty. I, I own the process, own the process. Don't be a passenger to the medical system and your doctor. Of course, we're reliant on, they're the ones with the expertise in the treatment, but, for example, I went, I had to do a biopsy, taking uh, biopsies out of my body that would go to the, yep. go to a, hot, a lab to get tested, and then it would go over to the cancer agency. So I, once they had the biopsy, the doctor's there with it, and I said, well, what's the process from here? It was about a two and a half week turnaround just for the cancer hospital to get the results and be able to book an appointment, then I wait, and I'm like, every wow. hour counts because I'm, I'm too late getting on this. And so I said, well, I said, when you take that out of my body, who actually owns it? Like, does the, does the medical system, does the government, or do I own it? And yeah. I think he, he knew I was on to something, and he just smiled, and he said, you definitely own it. And I put out my hand, like, can I have it, please? And I, okay. just, I took my biopsy, got in the car, and as I'm driving downtown, I, I started phoning uh, private labs. And I found a private lab that would test it. And I showed up at the private lab and I respect everyone deserves equal treatment and so on, but I'm tenacious. I'm on it. I'm trying to yeah. save my life. I, I went in there's, uh, and I found uh, down, uh, on the side of the building, it was like a staff entrance and I banged on the door and okay. someone opened the door and I pleaded with them to take my body off and like get it done and get it over to the hospital it got done in less than 24 hours wow so that two two and a half weeks i saved might have been the difference maker right there but if you, if you look at owning your process and what are the little things you can do that none of them are saving your life or this could be a positive goal too like you, you know you uh you, you want to get this degree you want to change careers you want you know you want to you want, you have an aspirational goal that's positive. Yep. There's nothing you do that's the magic thing that poof, there you get it. And there's nothing that solves a difficulty like just take this one thing and boom, it's done. Yeah. So what are the things that advantage you and try and do a whole bunch of them? Be meticulous and layer them all up. So I could list off about 30 little things I did. None of them are saving my life or rebuilding me on their own but you aggregate them all and layer them up, uh, it's a magnificent difference uh, in that way. So really own the process. Mine included naturopathic physicians or are there things I can do that help kill the tumors or are there, if that might be contraindicated, when and what can I do to help restore from the damage that the treatment did and then what can I do to rebuild and then let's just keep going. Why, yeah. why, if I'm seeing you, if you're helpful to heal and to rebuild, why don't I just keep building until I, like, just keep momentum? Anytime yeah. you're in difficulty, it's the one time of behavior. People will go through behavior change, Candace, and they'll adopt things in their favor because now we're in a pickle and we got to try yeah. and get better. 
But yeah. think of it, you're at the starting line, and then you have a difficulty, it sets you back. You do a whole bunch of good things, and it just gets you back to where you used to be, which we're pretty yeah. happy about. That's a lot better than being set back. But we get yeah. set back, we change our behavior, we get back to the starting line, and then we start to screw it all up again. Um, yeah. But if we just keep momentum and keep going, I, I, it's a survive to thrive philosophy. You know, and what I do to help me survive any life difficulty, um, if I keep doing those things, then I can go on past where I used to be and a better version of myself. Yes. What are some of the things um, that you do to fuel yourself, mind, body and spirit? And has it changed um, since um, having chemo? Yeah, I would. Um, it's a big it's a it's an important part of it. And I'm, I'm sure we, we've all felt this way. I can say when I was at the cancer hospital and going through like you feel like you're under assault. Like, you know, my brain's being damaged, my body's being burned up, my muscles, I'm losing my muscle, yeah. barely get off the ground, like, well, where where's the guy that climbed the mountains, you know? And you feel like you're under assault, plus it's either painful, uncomfortable, or, you know, somewhat torturous. <laughs> so at that time, if what you know, my spirit, you know, my robust spirit was probably about the size of a dime deep inside me, hidden away with okay. this assault. And I was almost, I felt robotic. I'm sure people can relate to that at different times of their life. You're in a crappy marriage. You're in a home that's not safe during COVID. You know, your spirit's not robust. It's protecting itself. And, and we can get into a, a robotic version of ourselves. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we're not really all there. It's just our body in that form and we're doing what we need to do. And so you, you, you go, you know, we, we all have times where we might need to go from that and re, rekindle and, and allow our spirit to grow again. And then, you know, big and beautiful and lit up beyond ourselves. Um, so what was good for that? Well, mo motion creates positive emotion and movement is hope. If I can move, I have hope. If I'm in motion, I might not, I, it might be so difficult, but you don't feel great right away. But yeah. it's definitely, it's moving the needle to uptick your emotions. Motion creates positive emotion. Exercise, movement, anything, fresh air, nature, uh, time alone, solo time, not distracted, actually in the discomfort of, um, however unhappy I am with this and just owning it and honoring it and being with myself. I would go in the forest. I'd exercise. I'd be by myself and, because I want to graduate owning my happiness, owning my health, right? Yes. And, and bring that to other people. Um, certainly cleaner food, nutrient-dense food, a more plant-centric diet, juicing, 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 lots of vitamixing of uh, nutrients, looking for nutrient-dense food, organic food, um, rest, restoration, peacefulness, and really being aware of everything I consume, you know, is... And that means messaging, media, content, friends, the energy of my friends, the conversations they have. Like, yep. we, I'm looking for all healthy, positive inputs to my mind, my body, and my spirit. And again, that that's an uh, an accumulative effects. 
you know, you do that for a year or two or however long it takes. And yes. you know, day by day, week by week, those things start to, to take uh, effect. Um, and then just, you know, be in tune for you. What, what makes you feel great? What yep. makes you, and of course, if you feel super crappy, nothing makes you feel great, but what makes you feel a tiny bit better? And when yes. you feel good in a normal life, what makes you feel great? Maybe it's playing piano. Then do more of that. Or yes. you know, you got a tough day today. Well, then it doesn't matter what else is going on. Make it wait in line and spend half an hour on the piano. Light it up to light yourself yes. up. You know? Know, know who to go to, where to go, what to do, what to receive, you know, what 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 places to go. And know how to gain energy. Know how to gain good energy. And know when, okay, I, I got to go into that and tap in so I can be a higher higher version of myself. And yes. set yourself up for success. Don't be a passenger. Set yourself up for success. I like that. Um, with all with all that you're going through, it's, it's never easy and it's never... <laughs> It's never alone, Well, you don't ever hope that it's alone. So within your journey, who has been a, you know, a rock for you, an inspiration, mentor, um, and what have they brought to your scenario and your situation, and how have they helped you overcome all that you have? Wow. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, well, I guess I'll answer that from, from a, a re reality standpoint. And well, so, you know, certainly, uh, are we just talking about the, my health wrinkle I had to iron out or just life and business in general or? Life, business, your, your, you know, your health scare, all of it. Who has really kind of been, uh, a, a key factor, um, in your, in your whole process of, of your life? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I think I'll, I'll give an, as always, I'll just give an authentic answer to the best I can perceive, you know, myself in my life and in it. But it really from a, a heart centric that I think this will serve a lot of people. Uh, cause a lot of people won't, they might not have someone they can lean on in their life. They might not have someone who pulls them up, you know, that type of thing. So what, what do you do? You know, and um, yes. I, I started businesses, so I, I am the guy, you know, so who do I who do I have to learn from? Who's going to give me the the user manual, you know, and orient me how to do this? Well, nobody. And yep. so you got to go out and seek it. Um, and the, uh, you know, when I went through the, ca the cancer challenge, if people look back and look on social media, didn't even mention it. No. The best of my knowledge, although they might have told people, as I was going through the meat, meat of it, there was only six people that I personally told. We kept a super tight circle. And, and I'm, you know, I, I, I am one who, hey, when there's a big challenge, I'll just disappear and go, go try and manage it. And then I'll come back. You know, I don't, I don't rally up. I do encourage people to have a support network and, as much support as you want and serves you, this is not a right or wrong. It's just the way I, I go with it. And, um, yeah. you know, I kind of build collaborative teams and I'm very social that, and it's very social. I'll speak comfortably in front of like 5,000 people, but 
and I'll be an introvert and come home and disappear in the mountains with, you know, just myself and my dog or, you know, some days with my kid, my two beautiful daughters. Um, and then yep. as far as hand, you know, I, I kind of as I'm a team builder, but then I also like to sort, uh, solo like an eagle and I like to travel on my own and just, just disappear and be navigating some country with a different language with nobody. Like I wanted, I went to the China Great Wall. I've got hundreds of friends in China and business associates and athletes and I wanted to go alone. I don't speak yeah. the language. I just wanted to experience it myself, my energy, how I show up. I didn't, you know, and I didn't want the help. I just wanted to go experience it. So that's a bit of that side. But really during that cancer part, um, You know, I, I would say it was me. What, what I, let me, let me share this in a, in a more focused way so people can be prepared and re- relate and know they can make it in any level of challenge. You, you know, um, I, I had some business fraud during that time. Basically, when I was sick and battling it, I, I felt like vultures circled. You know, I got my eye off the prize. I'm not able yeah. to operate personally. And some people came in and took advantage of that. And wow. um, I had someone close to me who uh, disappeared during cancer pretty quickly. So I didn't really I didn't really have those type of support things where you got your rock and they come through. There was the last couple weeks of my chemo where, you know, it was extra tough for me to do it on my own and my 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 birth family is in Ontario um and so my mother uh who's still alive and still thriving really well today um she flew out and I'm with me so she was a lifesaver of support two beautiful sisters who also took turns coming out and they they really helped me through the, the the toughest part of the treatment and their moral support and familiar family of love and so on um uh, other than that um you know i would look to people i you know i'm an energy person so my naturopathic physician uh who i went out and see and saw she was just so compassionate and a peace and love positive vibe person as well as brilliant so that helped in both ways and then of course my oncologist um you are still with me today um, but from a, from a personal, like, um, personal side, no, no one, no one person for support or mentoring. I, I didn't really feel like I had that during cancer, to be honest. Um, and I felt like I experienced a lot of the opposite. Um, a lot of people started feeding at the trough and <laughs> when, uh, when I didn't have my eyes on things. So, you know, you kind of see, I think in any major difficulty, there's people, you're going to be surprised. There's going to be people you think are like, for sure, the people that are going to come through and they're not. And there's other people that you wouldn't even expect to see. And all of a sudden they appear and they're helping you out. So you get, you get a bit of both. You get really, you start to lose your faith in humanity (laughs) a little bit. (laughs) And you also get inspired by people as well. Yeah. And both of those happen uh, in a in a simple way from business and learning uh, all the many ingredients of that. My my mentors mm-hmm. for your question, Candice, were so many people. 
I, I've, I've read so many books. I've gone to so many seminars. Um, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm an observer. So any, you know, there's, I'm fortunate to be on a path, especially in fitness and education and sport. Like there's just, you're wearing Todd Durkin's band. Todd Durkin's such a great human being. Um, you know, so a, a Todd Durkin is someone that I would get inspired by and, and yep. resonate with some of his philosophy. And then I could list a whole bunch of people. So I, I don't really have one main mentor or someone who was su- the main support or pulled me up or taught me. Um, but I can list hundreds of people who I respect and admire. And, and I learned, I learned some nuggets from. And then I make sure when I'm in a business meeting, I'm hoping to be the dumbest person in the room. That's when I know I'm in a good situation. You know, when I'm the smartest, most experienced one in the room, it concerns me that that's not a, like a, a slash on my ability, but it's like I, I'm on a team and everyone is below me. Like I, I would rather be on a great team and be the worst one on the roster. And it's like, yes. look at all my teammates. Like we're going to do, <laughs> you know? So I, yeah. I, I want to be on teams where I'm the least experienced, least knowledgeable. That That's ideal. Plus, we're not only going to do better and they can exploit and leverage what I bring better. Um, I'm going to learn from them. We want to be yes. around people who can learn from each other. I can learn from you. You can learn a little bit from me. And that's a good friendship um, yes. on that side. And so I really try and create, I try and create my friendships that are growth oriented, ex- you know, people that want to be, uh, learn, grow, improve, expand, enrich. They're not in, be enriched. They're not rigid. They're not narrow. They're not stuck. They're not resisting change, you know, uh, th- that type of thing. Um, and, and that energy and their messaging is re- really, really uplifting, uh, on that side. I like that. So now with everything um, and you being in remission, what has that whole experience um, done for you and how has it switched your perspective on how you view? How I view what, sorry? How you view your life and life in general. Well, I was always kind of a carp diem, seize the day, life is short person. Um, you know, always had the intent and the spirit, like life is good, be optimistic, I'm optimistic, positive, show up, try and create some positive. Um, you know, of course I'm, I'm, I'm human. I'm learning as I go. I might be in an argument. I might be like negative, like I'm failing, stumbling. Yep. Um, but I'm kind of evolving in that direction. And this really just took it to another level. You know, the, the value of life, the awareness of how valuable, precious, short it can be. Um, having to like really, I had to, I had to dig down miles deeper than I thought I ever would have to and miles deeper than I thought I could. And now today I know, I know I can. I know I have that resiliency. I know I have the resourcefulness. I can come back from any any challenge. Um, and I have the perspective of what it's like to have to dig down miles deeper so that when challenges come up today, they don't really see, like, they don't even raise my heart one beat per minute. 
Yeah. Not like it's not. You could say like some it's perspective and experience because someone can stub their toe. Yes. And that that could just demoralize them, and they they're still complaining about it six months from now over coffee with friends. Yep. You yep. Know? And um, you could say like, oh, I got really bad news. I I I you lost your home. That's not great. That's not good news. You know, but I'm not going to rant and rave or go crazy. It's just, that's not good. What do I got to do? Like, yes. you know, like good, good, bad, everything. I can just sort of flow through. That's a, that's a great gift to have. And I know I can show up more gracious and gentle, uh, knowing I'm tough as F and, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I can step up in that way, but I don't, I don't really have to, and I don't want to, like, let's just, you know, be at peace and love. We don't need to create, we don't need to create something that's already tough into, I don't need to create a dramatic weight in my mind and my emotion over it. Um, yes. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay pretty, pretty level, pretty chill, might be serious. We're going to get it done, but you know, what's really important is we woke up today. And you and I get to speak today. We get to yes. we love. Maybe I stop and buy a coffee. I get to well be present for seventeen seconds with the person selling me the coffee and exchange yeah. something and thank them for them for what they're doing and really like really I really appreciate that moment. You know, I really yeah. appreciate that seventeen seconds. That's that's a good moment. Um yeah. So I have the perspective to see a lot more value in each day of things that make me happy that uh, are to be grateful for and appreciate the love and, you know, not, not, not get too excited about the difficulties that are, are always going to be there in some shape or form. Um, yeah. Perspective, perspective, everything perspective yeah. affects our mindset. Yes. What, um, what is your, your why and your purpose and has it changed over the years, especially after all that you have gone through? It's, uh, I just think it's widened. I started out, <clears throat> always been motivated to, you know, to teach, to educate, to coach, to help set people up success in some form. That was physical education and learning. Uh, and then it was sport. Then it was sport training and training for sport. And, uh, so my focus is still very much sports, sports science, athletes. And I'm in, fortunately invited, uh, around the world to, uh, collaborate and help, whether it's educator consulting governments. You know, I partnered with the China government on modernizing their Olympic training and therapy. Went to Philippines, keynoted at the Southeast Asia Games, which is like a, little mini Olympics, but China's not invited so other countries can win medals. And uh, and so I'm very much on a sport orientation. And it's interesting. There's a lot of governments that for community health are looking at what does sport do with athletes? What are the sport sciences know? Because that sure helps people perform well and be at their best. So what can we take from that into community health? Um, so sport still continues to be an emerging path for me, but I really, uh, from the experience I've had with my own health challenge, I've really widened it. 
You know, I said you gra- I mentioned I graduate with more perspective. I also graduate with more uh, empathy and more care. So I like to think with who who I was in an earlier age that I would have showed up positive, respectful, kind for you, Candice, and talking to your listeners, trying to really give them something that can help them and be into that. Um, and, and being sincere, you, you know, but, um, today I'm much more present. You know, when I speak to someone, that's, that's my whole world. That, yeah. You know, that's my whole world. I'm, I'm a hundred percent there. I'm grateful for being there. If you have gratefulness, presentness, you have gratefulness. And if you have gratefulness, you have happiness. That's yeah. easy. I'll repeat it. If you're fully present in any moment, you have more gratefulness for that experience. If you have gratefulness, you have happiness. Life is that simple. There's your there's your guide to happy owning your happiness. Oh, and- I like that. I like that. Um, I only have a couple more questions for you. Um, first off, where can my listeners find you? The listeners can find me uh, personally with a great community that's similar to our conversation. Just people that want to overcome challenge, live a good, healthy, active, positive life, learn from each other, support each other in a respectful way, not a typical social media way. <laughs> and uh, a great positive community that everyone that wants to uh, to uplift and so on. On Instagram, it's Coach uh, Peter Twist. Uh, you can search Peter Twist on Facebook as well. Um, my local training centers, uh, they give you a snapshot of what we do with sport. Uh, you can go to twistperformance.com, twistperformance.com, and that'll get you into the training side and so on, which we are uh, widening to holistic uh, health and wellness and natural medicine as well to help people when they're in a pickle. Uh, overcome that and uh, overcome their difficulties and then train them up from there. So more of a full performance and wellness and health uh, center, which feels an honor to have that. Uh, uh, we've got a number of centers and they're all p- kind of pillars. We call them pillars of health and positivity in the community. Oh, I like that. So find me on uh, on Instagram, Coach Peter Twist or Peter Twist on Facebook. Uh, twistperformance.com and then I, we're coming out with um, a whole array of uh, courses and memberships and subscriptions uh, education courses for trainers and coaches to take in fitness sport and sport medicine and kids and mindset wow. and then uh, you know kind of uh, redoing that I'm going to go up a fjord in Canada uh, where my cabin home is, and I'll be shooting and filming a show on holistic health and positive mindset and functional fitness and how to move our body and as well get the physique that we want, of course, in a real natural setting with mountains and ocean to bring that vibe to folks. And that'll uh, that'll soon be available for all, all walks of people uh, who want to participate and get really to get started again. Get back in the game, get started, take your first step in motion and um, really want to get 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 people uh, moving, helping them move forward in whatever that direction and that means for them. But helping them move forward, create create our best chapter ever 
That's, that's fantastic. That that's is fantastic. <laughs> yes. Um, I have one final question for you, and I'm excited to hear the answer. But before I do, I just want to say thank you once again for such a a powerful interview. I I I'm blown away with all of the insight and wisdom that you just shared with me and all my yeah. listeners. Um, I would love to connect a little bit more with you outside of the episode, or maybe even reconnect um, because. I um I went through the experience of having my dad go through uh throat and neck cancer. So I I was the daughter of of having a dad um go through that. So um when you were sharing your stories um it was really it was really connecting. Like I really felt it cuz I I've been on the other side of seeing somebody go through that. Um, so thank you for sharing that because I know um, it can be difficult and it can bring up a lot of um, emotions. So thank you so very much for your transparency and 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 really letting us into into your life. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, you're you're welcome, and much respect for the process you went through with your family, and um, I re- you know relate and understand to that dynamic and so on. We we can chat anytime. Yeah. Yes. My final question for you is, what is your perspective on positivity? My perspective on positivity? Um, Well, I'm definitely attracted to positive energy and repelled from negative energy. And um, I like to gain energy from people. and, and, And some situations and people literally suck energy. Um. You know, but there's a positive, my perspective is that there's a positive in the negative as well. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in being authentic. Of course, we don't feel positive all the times. So we feel a little bit negative. We feel positive. And maybe those aren't even great words, putting negative around negative emotions and feelings. But to simplify it, we do say positive and uh, negative on there. Um, now on one hand, you know, I, I, my main thing that I preach is, um, like be a hundred percent yourself. A lot of people, you know, especially as women, you know, you're asked or demanded to people please and show up a diminished version of yourself. Don't be, you know, don't be too bright, too loud. Don't laugh too loud. Don't be too smart. Don't dress too sexy. You know, all kinds of things. Just diminish yourself. I say, screw all that. Show up a hundred percent your best self. Shine your brightest yes. light and, Hang out with people that can handle that and that are inspired by it. Um, yes. So I try and show up and I try my best to show up and respect all people. But I don't care who likes me. You know, I'm just going to show up 100% myself. Yes. And, you know, if someone likes that, then they'll move closer and, and we'll have more of a community, do more things together. If, if I'm not for them, that's cool. They'll find someone else who is. And, but yes. it simplifies it when you just show up 100% yourself. Your life is almost always in alignment with people. Um, it's easy for people to decide whether they like you or not and uh, as you go, or whether you resonate with them in your mindset, your philosophy, your lifestyle, and so on. Be 100% yourself, everybody, and let your brightest uh, light shine on that side. So in your brightest light, does it feel, does it feel better you know, to be happy, positive, energetic? Or does yep. it feel better to be anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, negative, grumpy? 
you know, which, which one is better for our kids. Yes. And so we say, um, to be generous, be selfish. Selfish is, you're not being selfish, but it's a play on words. It's memorable. To be generous to those you love, be selfish, to really put yourself first, make sure you're strong, peaceful, positive, happy, then you can give your best to everyone around you. Showing up negative, grumpy, depressed, angry is not great for It's not being generous, however you look at it. So build, replenish yourself, nourish yourself, and then go, yep. go give that to the people you love. How do, how do we do that? We want to show up authentic. I don't want to be depressed, sad, negative. And go, hey, and a big smile on my face. Yeah, um, no. But I, but I, but don't, don't, uh, don't make the mistake of concluding that we're a passenger to this. We're not a passenger to our emotions. We're not a passenger to our thoughts. So if I'm thinking negative, I'm feeling negative to learn again, how do I shift? Now, number one, let me say in, in concluding the answer, I want to, I want to, uh, acknowledge feeling negative and thinking negative. I want to honor it, know it to be true. That is how I think and feel. And I'm going to stay there and not distract myself and actually be there and reflect on it. Why is this? Why am I that way? Why did I react that way? Why am I feeling this way? And really honor it. But then also to know that my emotions are not me. They're going to float by and I'm going to carry forward. And eventually, yes. I'm going to get back to like positive, happy, and this. So, yep. what are the people, places, things, activities, strategies, self-talk that can more quickly shift me from feeling thinking negative to feeling thinking positive? And I just need to learn from my negative thinking and feeling, but I don't need to hang out there for too long. Yep. <laughs> you know, it could take me months to graduate from that initially. You know, eventually, maybe it takes me 10 minutes. Oh, I'm in this state. I'm going to yep. feel that. And then I've got strategies to graduate me uh, over to here. So my philosophy is on uh, positivity is that the ne negative thinking and negative uh, energy and negative emotions are real. There's a time to honor them. Yes. Um, but we're not passengers to them. And we want to come to become very skilled very skilled and and great at graduating quick as quick as we can back over to positive. And I do want to be, you know, I guess I am selfish in the aspect of I'm going to define my life path on people that are interested in orienting in that way. And if, you know, I'll coach people up to, to go through that, but my friends yeah. and my personal relationships and so on, um, I'm, I'm interested in being people that are, that are on that direction. And that is who I will make my affiliations with. That's who I would hire on my company. Um, that's yep. who I would have a personal friendship with and so on. So my philosophy on, on, uh, and perspective on positivity really affects, uh, uh, how I look at, at, and what I do with everything and, and who I get involved with and so on, even for business, uh, standpoint. So very, very powerful impactor, I think. Six, you know, what, what is success, Candace? You know, success maybe is how we each define it. I would say health and happiness. You know, if there's health and, uh, and happiness, if I'm healthy, happy, you know, what, whatever adds up to that, that's, that's success, uh, on there. And, um, 
people to decide what they really value and define success on on their terms. Mind positivity is a big part of it. How, how about you? As we bring this to conclusion, what's what's your philosophy on uh, and perspective on positivity? Um. So for me, my perspective is if it's it's always there, and if it's not there, you're meant to be it. Um, in all situations. So sometimes it looks like there's nothing around that is positive, And I feel to me that is when you are supposed to step into your light and really allow it to shine um, because you're supposed to be the positive in that scenario, in that situation of life. And if you are in a scenario and it's all around, well, then it's a part of you um, to experience someone else's light, the world's light, the world's positivity, and really just embrace it and be present in it. And then vice versa, be the light that the world or the scenario or people might need it when you feel or you don't see or are not experiencing it. I, You honor your feelings and then show your light yourself. I love that. You know what? I actually have tingles down my spine as you say that, the profoundness of that. I'm going to remember that on my path and I enter and there's darkness. I will be the light and I'll step up for other people. And if I enter and there's all kinds of light, I, you know, I'm going to let people shine that and receive it and, and learn and grow from it. Um, I think in, in hearing that come from you, we should redo this and reverse it. I should be asking you questions and then learning from you. <laughs> yes, let's that's, do uh, it. I love, I love that, that philosophy. That's uh, very profound and very practical. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. And yes, let's definitely let's definitely connect um, and and come up with some sort of collaboration. I would love that. Um, thank you so much again for you know showing up and being so present and and raw and real with your answers and really diving deep into you know giving my audience the best of the best with your wisdom and your insights so thank you so very much you're, you're very welcome again my honor and uh thank you for including me in your program and your podcast and um much much admiration and uh applause for what you're doing and taking the time to put it all together and sharing that for your community to benefit from. So way to go. Thank you. You have an excellent day and we will be in contact. Um, I will send you the link as soon as I get everything um, set up and ready to go. All right. That sounds great. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You as well. There you have it, my friends. I hope you took away value, insight, inspiration, and I hope you just got fired up listening to that episode with Peter Twist. I had so much fun 
connecting and talking with him. He is such a true, true person of value. And I'm just honored that he gave me the time and energy to be a guest on my podcast. I'm just so grateful to him. And I'm also so very grateful for you guys, my listeners. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in and listening to my podcast, whether this is your first episode or you've been listening in since the beginning or maybe halfway thank you thank you thank you so very much for all your love and support it truly is felt and and noticed and i can't thank you enough if you enjoy this podcast please 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 like share subscribe and rate and review the podcast it truly does help me get my guest value out there to more listeners and it helps me understand if i'm on the right track to providing you guys my listeners value and content that you guys are truly craving and desiring to hear and listen to. Thank you guys so much. It is now time to go out and do something positive and be positive.